It's time to party like it's 1908, Cubs fans, because your Chicago Cubs have officially clinched the National League Central Division for the first time since 2008. And we all know we've been through this many times before where the Cubs were hyped up aplenty going into the playoffs, but who knows, maybe 2016, maybe 2016 will be the year. Welcome to today's edition of the Curse Reversed Podcast, where we're talking about the Chicago Cubs every single day that they have a game until that fateful day when they play their final playoff game of the season. I'm your host, Jesse Friedman, and today we're simply going to take some time to look back and marvel at everything that your Chicago Cubs have accomplished this season. If you look at their record this year, they are sitting right now at 94 and 54 and that is coming off a uh, pretty disappointing loss today against the Milwaukee Brewers in which Jake Arrieta really couldn't hold off the Brewers for long enough eventually got knocked out of the game uh, and Milwaukee wound up taking over winning by a final score of 11 to 3 but we're not here today to mourn the loss that the Chicago Cubs suffer today at the hands of the Milwaukee Brewers, but instead we are going to take some time to marvel at everything that your Chicago Cubs have accomplished this season. The Chicago Cubs are having one of the great seasons of our era. And I'm not just talking about the Chicago Cubs, I am talking about every team in the game. Because today, your Cubs have a win percentage of 635. Even after they've kind of struggled over the last few days, they lost today. They're only 5-5 in their last 10 games. But they still have a win percentage of 635, which puts them on pace for 103 wins. If you remember uh, the St. Louis Cardinals last season, who had such a phenomenal year, they finished with 100 wins, right? And your Cubs this season are on pace for 100 and three and this is something that is very rare in baseball to win a hundred games and I don't even really care how good your roster is because you can put together the most talented roster in the game and win 95 games or win 93 games that happens on a regular basis in the game of baseball because baseball is a game uh, where the better team doesn't always win that's how baseball works if you look at at the NBA the Cleveland Cavaliers are never going to lose to the 76ers, right? That That's not going to happen because the Cavaliers have so many better players. But in the game of baseball, it's not really the same. It doesn't work the same way because baseball is a game that's so much more focused on chances and on how lucky you are that it's very possible for a team who is less talented to beat a team who is more talented. And because of that, 100 win seasons are very rare in this sport, and ladies and gentlemen, your Chicago Cubs are on pace to do that and more. And it does help that the Cardinals had such a great year last year, they won 100. It just feels right, and it feels good that the Cubs just happen to top that by three games, right? And, and I hope that they're able to keep up a pace of at least 101 wins, uh, because I think all of us would really just have some deep satisfaction down deep in our souls um, if the Cubs were able to outperform that incredible season that the Cardinals had last year. But now let's get into some more specifics. They're on pace to do something that is incredible with all of those wins. But the way that they've gotten there 
is they've had a whole lot of players who have given us a whole lot more than we ever expected. And this happens up and down the roster. So let's take a look at some of these players that the Cardinals have gotten extraordinary contributions from all season long. And it starts at third base or left field or wherever he happens to be playing with Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant this season is hitting 296 with 37 homers, 96 RBIs, and he's arguably the front runner for the National League MVP vote. And I talked about that a few episodes ago. You can also find that one on SoundCloud and on iTunes, where I talked about Chris Bryant and all the other NL MVP candidates that there are. And to call him the favorite would not be far-fetched by any means. Chris Bryant is the kind of player that a franchise can live on for year after year after year. And last season, he was phenomenal. He jumped on the scene with expectations higher than the Empire State Building, and he met and exceeded every expectation that was placed in front of him. He hit 26 homers, he drove in 99, he stole 13 bases, an OPS of 857. He gave them six wins above replacement in 151 games that he played last year. And we knew that Chris Bryant was going to be this kind of player eventually, but we didn't expect it that soon. But then came 2016, and Chris Bryant has only taken another step higher. And it's starting to be a little bit concerning for some people, particularly other teams in the National League Central Division. Teams are concerned about just how good he could become. Because if at 24 years old, Chris Bryant can already hit 296 and hit 37 home runs and drive in 96 and be a front-runner for the NL MVP vote, what could he do in the future? And this season, there's one thing that Chris Bryant has upped significantly over last year. He's gotten a better batting average, higher on-base percentage, a much better slugging percentage. Everything has gone up, but the most notable thing that I have seen from Chris Bryant this season is his strikeout rate. Last season... In 559 at-bats, 650 total plate appearances, Chris Bryant struck out 199 times. And if you're not quite sure how much that really is, just know that the all-time strikeout rate for a season is right in the 220 range, I believe. And he had 199. So even though Chris Bryant jumped on the scene was excellent for the Cubs last year, He struck out a lot. There was a little bit too much swing and miss to his game for a lot of people to feel comfortable. This season, on the other hand, Chris Bryant has a strikeout rate that is significantly lower. Instead of 199 strikeouts in 650 total of plate appearances, he has 141 strikeouts in 644. This young man is having a phenomenal season, Cubs fans, and it can only get better from here. Moving on from Chris Bryant, there's this dude named Anthony Rizzo, who many consider to be Chris Bryant's partner in crime, if you will. And Anthony Rizzo is having a very similar season to Chris Bryant, all in all. He's got a few more RBIs, a few less home runs, but he's almost identical 
in batting average and on base percentage and in slugging percentage. And I think we already knew that Anthony Rizzo was a special player, right? Because last season he had a great year. Even the year before that, he had a great year. So this isn't anything new for the Cubs' first baseman. But he has shown up this year, and the expectations, the lofty expectations that were placed on the Cubs at the beginning of the season clearly has not caused any grief for their first baseman, Anthony Rizzo. So we continue down the list. There's also this player named Addison Russell. Now, Addison Russell is not having as good a year as a lot of people thought he would. In that, he hasn't become the kind of shortstop that a team could count on for a a significant amount of offensive production. But, Addison Russell has also been one of the clutchest hitters in the game this season. He has 92 RBIs right now to go with his 20 home runs, and he's on pace for 101. So here's the deal. Addison Russell has found a way to contribute in in an extreme way to the Chicago Cubs, even though his offensive production has gone slower than a lot of people thought it might. He's hitting 245 with a 327 on base and a 427 slugging percentage. These are good numbers for a shortstop, but Addison Russell, as we all know, has a much higher ceiling than even that. But even as he's gone through this development stage in his career, it is extremely rare to get 100 RBIs out of a shortstop. But Addison Russell is on pace to do that for the Chicago Cubs. So moving down the list... There's also a pitching staff full of players who have been excellent all season long for the Cubs. And it starts with Kyle Hendricks. And we've spent a lot of time talking about Kyle Hendricks and the historically good season he's having. But even beyond that, John Lester is having one of the best seasons of his career. Jake Arrieta, after last season, has still had a good year. Although, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, he's definitely been struggling of late. But come playoff time, I think he's certainly the kind of player that you would be able to count on. John Lackey has a 3-4-2 ERA and a whip of 1.05, which are both excellent coming from the mid to the back end of a rotation. And Jason Hamill, arguably the Cubs' worst starting pitcher, still has an ERA of 3.6 and a whip of 1.2. And if you look all along their bullpen, Trevor Cahill, Pedro Strop, Hector Rondon, Araldus Chapman, of course. Mike Montgomery, who has been great since coming over from Seattle. Travis Wood, Joe Smith, Carl Edwards. There's a number of names who have really come through for the Cubs this season. And there are a couple who haven't. Namely, guys like Spencer Patton and Clayton Richard and Adam Warren. In fact, Spencer Patton was really the main reason that the Cubs uh, blew up today in their game against the Brewers. Patton really struggled in that game. But the good news is that not all of these players are actually going to make a playoff roster. The Cubs only have to select their top Uh, probably eight or nine relievers to take into the playoffs 
And I think there's no doubt that the Cubs have eight or nine relievers who should have the ability to perform come October. It is difficult to find a pitcher who has played a significant role, who has played below expectations. And if you want to say Jake Arrieta, the only reason is because he set such an incredibly high standard after a Cy Young campaign last season. Outside of him, you've gotten a ridiculously good performance from Kyle Hendricks with an ERA of probably about half what most people thought it would be. You're getting every penny's worth with John Lester. You're getting every penny's worth with John Lackey, who also has a lot of playoff experience on top of that. And even elsewhere on the offensive side, you've got guys like Ben Zobrist, who's been a big contributor, Dexter Fowler, who seemingly carried the offense for the first portion of the season. You've got Tommy LaStella, who's been a quality utility piece for the Cubs coming off the bench. You've got Javier Baez, who has played slick defense, along with having a solid 729 OPS at a middle infield position. You've had Wilson Contreras come up and contribute offensively and defensively. And even Jason Hayward, has contributed on the defensive side of the game as we seem to recognize game in and game out despite all of the offensive struggles that he has had. Jason Hayward might be the only underperforming player on this entire roster. And that's saying something. So if you're sitting back trying to figure out how in the world the Cubs have won 103 games, think about this. Think about the fact that every Cubs player Literally every Cubs player has played at or above their expectations. This is rare, and this is the quality of a team that, yes, I'm saying it, Cubs fans, a team that could go all the way. So order some wings, order some pizza, party like it's 1908, because your Chicago Cubs have won the NL Central Division and are headed to October. Thanks for listening to today's edition of the Curse Reversed Podcast. As always, you can find the show on Twitter at, at curse underscore reversed, where you can keep track of our daily coverage of your Chicago Cubs. As always, be sure to check us out on iTunes, where you can leave a rating and review. I'd really appreciate your comments and your support. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with more tomorrow about the Chicago Cubs.